Direct from Montreal, Canada, this is Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Welcome to this episode of Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon on this uh, Mitch Marathon Month, uh, number two of the year. Uh, of course, it is the holiday edition, and uh, you know, hey, it's only going to be about two weeks. Uh, I have got on the phone John Allen from the band Charm City Devils. Uh, recorded back in November, I sort of fumbled the ball in terms of getting it out, so I do apologize uh, to uh, John and the band, but they have a new album out called 1904, in fact it's an EP, and we do a lot of talking about old rock on this uh, on this uh, show, we talk about you know the Kisses and the Aerosmiths and the Bon Jovis, every so often we need a newer band, and Charm City Devils is that newer band, very much worth uh, checking out. Um, Anyway, listen, we have waited long enough for me to get this. Now, it was recorded, uh, the, the, the interview was recorded just before the album came out, so the time references will make it sound as though the album is not out, but the album did come out, or the EP did come out in uh, November. It is, again, called 1904. Head over to Spotify, Amazon, wherever, check it out, buy it, and, and, uh, John used to be in a band called SR71. That band opened up for Bon Jovi back in the day, and they had some great albums. I loved that band. They were a great sort of pop melodic rock kind of thing. And John lives out in Baltimore or in the Maryland area and should make an appearance at the M3 Festival this year, uh, not as a performer more as a guest of the festival, so hopefully I'll have a chance to say hello to him in person there. And so, uh, without uh, further ado, because we've adoed way too long for this, uh, here is, from the Charm City Devils, singer John Allen. We are speaking to uh, John Allen of Charmed City Devils. Uh, The new EP 1904 is available now. Uh, you can get it at all fine streaming sites. And in fact, let me ask you quickly about that. Is it just sort of all on streaming and stuff? But you, you've got physical as well, right? Yeah, we did physical. You can go to our website, charmcitydevils.com, and we have links there to our merch store. And you you can get signed copies and, um, you know, physical and signed and a t-shirt uh, bundle. with a bundle. Yeah, you see? See that that's the way to do it to uh, to get you. So let me talk about 1904 because it is an EP. Sure. Is that just sort of suggesting that listen the 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 album as an art form is over and done with and this is sort of the new way give the fans four or five songs and then leave them wanting more or is just hey we had four or five songs and we thought we'd put them out. So what's sort of the the thought behind an EP rather than a full length? Yeah, I I don't think the the album as an art form is entirely dead i mean you know people are still making full-length albums we probably would have if we had um kind of done this you know in a short amount of time so we just wanted to get something out quick so we had you know this amount of material finished um so we just wanted to to get it out as, as quickly as possible and we plan to have another ep right on its heels in the next uh, couple of months Oh, that's kind of cool. Uh, talk to me about about developing a new brand. You were, of course, an SR seventy one before, and you've been doing this mm-hmm. since at least two thousand seven. Talk to me about mm-hmm. getting out there and and working it and and de- creating a new brand, not just band. Well, you know, when I started this band, 
starting a brand wasn't really at the forefront of my mind. I was, I was a drummer in SR 71, as you know, and, and, uh, I was just, I was like, that's it. I'm done with, you know, waiting for a singer to figure out what he wants to do. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be the singer. Now I, I came out from behind the kit and, and, uh, was doing my poor man's Dave Grohl, you know, and, and, uh, just started rocking out with, with, uh, with this idea of, you know, this song called burn baby burn that song quickly turned into like three songs that turned into six very fast. And, uh, I was almost done with a full length and I was like, hell, I, I might as well keep going. And that's what I did. I finished writing a record, uh, local station started playing one of the songs. It reacted. I sent a blind me- email out to 117 Music. Didn't know anybody up there. And lo and behold, like a day later, I get this random phone call from New York. Now, you know, SR71 had been been done for about a year or so at that point. And I hadn't been talking to many people from New York. And <laughs> I was like, huh, you know, what's this 212 area code? And answered the phone. And this guy on the other line says, I'm with 117 Music. And we like what we're hearing. And Blah blah blah. I thought somebody was punking me. Man. Remember that show back then with uh, Ashton yeah. Kirk, yeah. whatever. Uh, I I really it was it was bizarre. And like a month later, I was in New York City meeting with Alan Kovac, the the CEO. We know Kovac. And uh, yeah, and at the end of the lunch that we had with him, standing on a on a New York Street corner, he said, "Okay, yeah, let's do this." And I was like, "What? What are you talking about?" You know. I'd been in bands where you showcase and you showcase and you showcase for, you know, the, you know, the A&R guy and then he brings his boss and the, and then another boss comes and, you know, it just takes forever. And, uh, it wasn't the case with this. It was, uh, it was so, uh, surreal. You know, we basically agreed to, to have a record deal on, on a corner, you know, in downtown, uh, I think it was Soho. <laughs> crazy that is the that's the the old school way of doing it now of course uh famously the band was named by nikki six or at least that's the legend and we'll we'll stick with that because we like the we like it but uh <laughs> they they true. just it is it is but they just uh recently announced that they are going to come back they are throwing out the cessation of touring contract and will go out on tour in 2020 what, what's sort of your take on that are, are you are you sort of like yeah f yeah go do it boys like what's What's your take on the Motley Crew "We're Back" moment? I, I, you know, I am like F yeah, you know, go ahead and do it, boys. I think it's, I think it's great, you know. Like, hey, listen, they make a lot of people happy when they go out and they play shows. You know, I'm looking at the socials and I see a lot of back and forth with with people, but I, I think you know there are, there are plenty of souls out there who uh, haven't, you know, have great memories to their music, and why not? You know, why not? get out there and let's let's be honest nikki six is a marketing genius so you know <laughs> as soon as they signed that contract you knew you knew that thing was <laughs> was probably going out the window right well of course plus i love how well fans blown up are, i should say right blown up now but i, I love how fans <laughs> say they signed a contract and it's like well yeah but a contract has to be enforceable that means there has to be two parties that are on opposite sides, right. it, it, it's like, come on, <laughs> you know, contracts just aren't enforced miraculously. Anyway, uh, it would be nice, of course, to see Charm City Devils be on a Motley Crew bill at some point. But I want to go back to 
the good old days. In uh, early 2000, SR71, the band you were with, opened up Mm -hmm. for Bon Jovi. If you want to talk about big 80s bands other than Motley Crue, Bon Jovi is the one. Uh, I saw you in Quebec City, and I was a photographer in the pit, and I've got all kinds of pictures sitting here of the band. Um, talk to me a little bit about that, about about getting out with this new band, playing in front of sort of a, a classic rock band. What was that experience like? And, and well, let's start with that. What was the experience like? It was fantastic. I mean, you know... When you're a kid and you're you're playing music, you know you have dreams of finally making it to an arena stage, right? And that was really the first time I'd done that on a on a tour on a consistent basis. And uh, I was just so fortunate. And you know the Bon Jovi crew and the guys were were just awesome because you know they'd been they've done it for so long and they're they're like a family, a really, you know, close knit knit family. And in fact, um, while we were on tour with them, John asked us to be a part of a Christmas album that he was putting together for, I think it was Eunice Kennedy for special Olympics. So we wound up out at, at his house in Jersey, um, in his you know personal recording studio, uh, tracking a Christmas song. I think it was like in July or August of that next year, of that year. Uh, so that was a little bizarre, but, um, yeah, I mean, just, just a heady, heady experience. You know, when you, you're walking out, you know, to go on stage and those house lights go down and you hear the crowd, the roar come up, man, you're just, you're just so pumped. You know, I I remember my first time ever doing a show like that. I think I was done the songs before the rest of the band. My, my drum was going so fast. I'm up there playing drums. Like everything was like thrash metal tempos, right? Like playing so fast. Yeah. yeah. And, and how were you accepted by, by the older audience? Cause you, you were sort of, you know, the new guys on the block were, were fans receptive or, or did you find it a hard sort of, all right, we got to win these people over. Well, you know, you only have like, I think we had 25 minute sets, but like our, our second or third show, we were in San Jose and the, the crowd just exploded. I mean, it was just, it was phenomenal. I mean, the, the, you know, the, the fans are accepting, you know, some, some towns that the fans are in the arena earlier than others, you know, I guess, depending on, you know, weeknights as opposed to weekends or whatever, but, but uh, yeah, just, uh, just fantastic crowds it really was uh speaking of of older bands you wrote a, a great song that bowling for soup later covered 1985 uh, just quickly give me a little story about that song because it's you know here you are this new band and you're sort of talking about the good old days and then it went on to be covered and became this big hit uh talk to me about that song well we had um we had lost our deal with rca that this is um the, the band sr71 we're talking about here and we were uh, we we set up a, a studio in my basement here outside of Baltimore, and um, we started recording. Our, our lead singer Mitch Allen was, was a great um, engineer. He produced. He's he's a great producer, songwriter, you know, all around, you know, everything kind of guy. And, and uh, so we started working on this record, which was going to be Esther Seventy One's third record. And a uh, friend of ours, Jonathan Daniel, who's a manager, um, he put t- together a, a deal for the yeah. record to be released in Japan. And, and, and the, the former singer of Electric Angels, let's not forget. 
<laughs> he yeah he i think he was the bass player he, yeah J, yeah jd yeah jd was the bass so, player uh, in electric angels no yeah yeah, yeah. Right, i'm gonna check that um, while you while you keep talking hold on all right keep so, going i'll so check anyway um okay so we get the record out and then 1985 was included on that record and i believe it came out in the in may of 2004 i think that's the right year and uh yeah so then um about a month or two later, JD calls us and says, Hey, you know, Butch Walker, one of his clients, great singer, songwriter, and producer, was working on the Bowling for Soup record. And he said, I, You know, hey, we, we think that, that this 1985 would be a great song for Bowling for Soup. How do you guys feel about it? And uh, we were like, Go for it, man. You know, we thought, Heck, you know, it'll, it'll, might, uh, might do something for us here in the States. You know, it might get us another uh, domestic deal. So they uh, so they recorded the song and you know cleaned up the lyrics a little bit and man you know it was a smash all over the place including Disney music I had neighbors you know with kids going hey man you 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 helped write that song <laughs> 1985 like we hear it on Disney I'm like really so yeah it it it, it was uh it turned out to be a great thing you know it didn't another deal didn't materialize but uh, but yeah it was a, it was a great big hit for them and and uh you know still get the checks man it's awesome it, it is and all right you're right he was the bass player of uh, electric angels but anytime you get a chance to, re- to to mention electric angels on air i'll take it anyway so yeah. <laughs> i'll let him i'll let him know man. let him oh I, I listen if you can get him a, an interview with me i'm in because I, I love that guy i love everything he's done he's he's the real deal um well, can I'll, I, I'll hit it. I'll send him an email. Please uh, t- talk quickly. Then, uh, when you have a song like when we were just talking about 1985 that goes to Disney, and they do rework the lyrics, which is uh, you know whatever, does that sort of solidify your position for life? Where you just go, all right, I can sit back, or is it just like, wow, that's that's great that they took it, but I've got to get back to work here, and I've got to get Charm City Devils working, and I, and I got to be a musician or, or is somebody like Disney big enough where you just go, well, I'm just going to sit here and wait for the checks to roll in. No, 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 you keep working. I, you know, it's not that kind of money. <laughs> Let's be honest here. But, uh, but, but I've always, you know, since I was probably, I don't know, 10 years old, I've, I've been creating, you know, uh, you know, I thought I was writing songs back then, but you know, I'm still learning, I think. And, uh, I, you know, there's just something that drives me to, to keep creating and keep writing. And, and, uh, you know, I hear things in my head all the time and I, um, I drive my wife crazy with little scraps of paper of lyrics all over the house. Now it's really, my voice memo is just clogged up on my iPhone. Can't, you know, I, the other day I tried to play something back and it took like a minute for it to come on, you know, <laughs> I got to start clearing some old ideas out, but you know, uh, yeah, I just, it, I'm driven by that kind of thing and, and, uh, driven to get back out there, and play for people and, you know, get back out to the arena level and, and such, you know. Well, I'm hoping you get back to the arena level. And, and, I, and I know I'm going to drive you crazy going back in, in the past here, but uh, Now You See uh, Inside was an album where, uh, you know, at the time I was like 40 pounds overweight and I would put it on in the living room blasting and I would get on this bicycle and I lost all the weight and it was just that album just continuous uh, loop so so thank you for that by the way 
Um, uh, but it was all. But it was also produced by John Shanks and a couple of songs written by John. And John, of course, does have this connection with Bon Jovi now. Um, talk to me about a little bit about working with John. What did, what did he bring? And and as a veteran of of the scene, did he teach you anything? Did he point out anything? Did he say, "Hey, your songwriting needs this"? What was it like working with John? Well, John, um, I believe John, uh, he produced uh, Empty Spaces and, and co-wrote that song with Mitch. And uh, he's just a really uh, sweet, down-to-earth guy. Now, I, now, now you see inside the first SR record, I only, I only sang backups on that record. I wasn't in the band yet. I joined before the second record or, you know, during that the, the uh, first album tour. So... Um, my interactions with John is, is it was minimal. I I, uh, I got to go and hang out with him out at the old A and M studios in L.A. Uh, one day, and and just just a gracious, really down to earth, cool dude. Um, it's now the Jim Henson studio. It's it's such a great facility out there. If you ever have a chance, like go check it out because it's there's so much history there from you know when it was a&m studios it's it's a it's a great complex great album uh in terms of charm city devils where do we go from here so the the ep is out now fans can go get it right now what's next uh major tour are we are we you you say you have that other ep coming out soon uh what's sort of the the 2020 outlook so right now we're um we've got shows on the east coast just to kind of you know, work in the new material. And then, uh, we're working on touring, uh, in the winter and spring of 2020. So yeah, we, I've got to finish off this next EP, next round of songs. And, um, and, uh, then we'll probably get on, you know, get on a, a bigger tour in the spring. So, uh, right now the first EP, you know, comes out, well, you know, 22nd when this airs, it'll already have been out. Um, but uh, yeah, so that that EP actually has some bonus tracks on, it and it's got a it's got a little hidden track that's kind of a little ode to Baltimore, um, you know, much like the title is. Yeah, Baltimore rocks. Uh, by the way, do you ever get out to the M3 festival that's down the, down in that area? Almost every year, yeah. I oh. go and see my 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 friends and kicks. Oh well, I will be there this year, so we should definitely hang oh, out and awesome. get a picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. May first, second, and third. Come on, we got to do it. Hell yeah! I, you know, I'll be there. In fact, you know, I live fairly close to uh, Merriweather, so yeah, I'm always there for the for M3. So, so we probably have met a bunch of times, and I've just forgotten because I've gotten older and I forget these things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I find that I find it, it's the, it's the rum that I drink, you know, tends to make me start to forget things nowadays. See, for you, it's the rum. For me, it's just the fact that I've gotten way too old to, to remember all these names and all these things. But uh, hopefully we will see you out there. It, it will be great. And uh, I know as, as we speak now, the lineup for that hasn't been announced. But let me predict. Kicks will be there. Just a prediction. Yeah. A little prediction. They always they always kick it off on the Friday. So that's, that's great because hometown favorites, you know, it's always a good time to see those guys. Have you uh, ever taken vocal lessons from Steve? I actually have, yeah. Um, when I first started this endeavor, I I went and uh, I called him up, and I I went to I think I think I had two lessons, maybe three. And by the second lesson, he was like, "Look, I'm gonna, you know, let's record this. I'll give you some warm ups." He's like, "You know what you're doing. 
you don't need to keep coming to see me. <laughs> it was great. I was like, okay, cool. You know? So, uh, yeah, he's, he's a great dude, a great supporter. You know, I, I, I love that guy and just an amazing vocalist and just an amazing front man. I mean, that band has always been the band that you aspire to be as good as live. You know, at least if you grew up around this area, you know, it was, it, that we were shooting for the stars if we could be as good as Kicks was. Yeah, you really were. And and in terms of being a vocalist, obviously you started off in, behind the kit, like you said, the poor man's uh, Dave Grohl, but right. <laughs> did, did you always know you could sing? Did you always want to sing and drumming was just sort of, well, okay, this is the spot I've got for, for SR? Or was it something where you just said, well, you know, if you want it done right, do it yourself. So I'm just going to figure it out well in the basement we wound up you know when you're a kid that's always like one of the toughest you know positions to fill in the band right is to find a singer so i wound up grabbing a microphone and i would i would sing because there was no one else that would do it right and and uh and then we've wound up getting getting singers or whatever i just didn't want to give up playing the drums and never felt that confident in my abilities you know to to be truthful and uh just wound up being a backup singer forever and I think that's a different kind of thing. You know, when you're singing backups, you're trying to blend or, you know, just or, or to um, enhance what the lead singer's doing. And I think I think lead singing is, is so different. I mean, it's to me, it's, you know, it's 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 character, you know, besides having a, to sing in pitch, you know, and and, uh, you know, hit the notes or whatever you, you've got to have have an emotion in what you're singing and, and, you know, you're interpreting lyrics and feeling. And it's, it's kind of, you know, almost the whole ball of wax of of how a lot of people, you know, channel the, the feeling of the song, you know, I'm talking about a listener here, you know, of course it's got to have a great guitar riff and a great groove and everything, you know, not discounting, you know, my, uh, my musical counter, you know, counterparts or band members or whatever, but you know, it, it is a huge thing. And I, and I, I you know, it's karma. Cause I used to sit behind the kit and I used to think, Oh, what's that guy doing up there up front, man? You know, like, God, you know, it must be so easy and so great to be up there in the front. Now I'm up front and I'm like, wow, there's, there's a million things going through my head, you know, I'm like, okay, all right, all right. I got to sing. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, you know, I gotta catch my breath. I gotta sing. I gotta, you know, sing in key. I gotta remember the lyrics. Oh yeah. What are, what are those lyrics? Oh, don't fall off the front of stage. Damn. Damned if you do, <laughs> damned if you don't. I'll ask you this real quick uh, and, and I'll finish on this last, last question here. Uh, Jason, of course, is, is playing drums for you. You were right. a drummer. When you go in to record the EP like 1904 and you do other stuff, do you get behind the kit and, and sort of say, hey, this is what I'm hearing and, and try this? and Or do you just say, no, that's not my gig. I'm the singer here. I'm just going to – or do you just say, that's all right. That's what I should do, right? Right. That, that's, what I should, that's what I should do, right? But, yeah, no, I, I don't. I, I, I do show him every once in a while. I go, this is what I hear, you know. And I, I, Poor guy, man. I'm, I'm such a prick. I <laughs> <laughs> but he's great man you know and he he's a sweetheart of a guy and he's awesome so you know i don't have to do that you know you know hardly at all so um, i'm really thankful and, and lucky to have such a great solid drummer back there and back there and you know frankly you know all the guys in the band you know they're they're such solid players you know so 
Do, I'm do a very you, fortunate man. Does your drumming appear on any albums? Have you done any overdubs or have you just said, All right, listen, I'm just hearing it this way. Let me just get this song. Or, or do you just, or do you just sort of just shut up and say, all right, all right, all right. You know what I mean? Like, do we hear any of you anywhere on any of the albums? Uh, I'm trying to remember. I don't, I don't think so. I think, you know, <laughs> and Jason's going to listen to this and he's going to say, wait, what do you mean? Hey, <laughs> no, I, w- I would never, I, I'd never go back over his, his tracks. And no, I would never do that. Uh, no, uh, the, the let's rock and roll record. I think that's, that's all Jason, the sins records, all Jason battles is all Jason. Yeah. So no, there's no, uh, there's no John drum parts on, on those records. So on any of those records, so, but yeah. of course, if he doesn't nah. play nice, we're stripping those drums. We're, <laughs> we're, we're re-recording. So, so let him know that he has to play. No, I'm just kidding. Of course we love everybody. And uh, we love the new album. We love the new music and, and we love the new band. I mean, it's, it's, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, as we say, Thanks, in Montreal, merci beaucoup. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Absolutely, and uh, let us absolutely uh, get a picture and get a drink or whatever down at M3. It is uh, it is the festival to be at. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Last year, uh, I was backstage during the, the night the kicks played, and the, the guy, uh, Don McGann, who used to be the White House uh, lawyer, was rolling around backstage <laughs> like... I'm looking at this dude. I'm like, who, who is that guy? He looks familiar. And a friend of mine goes, that's the guy that was like, Trump's like attorney. I was like, what? He's a hair, hair band fan. It's like, it's, it's insane. So you see all kinds of people back there. I'm surprised you didn't get a picture with him, Mitch. I didn't get a picture with him, but I did meet him because I had the same, somebody you said did. the same thing to me. He goes, Hey, it's the, it's the white house lawyer. And I was like, Oh, what? <laughs> I go, are we in trouble? And, and who was he talking to? Because he gave a card to somebody and somebody showed me the card and I went, look at that. Oh, wow. Holy fuck. I guess they needed, did they need some uh, legal help? <laughs> yeah, I guess they did. No, I, I think he was just a fan <laughs> of the band and he said, call him. But, but yeah, so, so, so yeah, we, we definitely bumped into each other. Well, let's do it officially in, in 2020. Yeah. And uh, again, uh, merci beaucoup, as we say in Montreal. Ah, thank you. Thank you. This has been Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. For more exclusive content and interviews, subscribe on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, on YouTube, and many more. Follow Mitch on all the socials, especially Twitter, at Mitch LaFon, and on Instagram, at Mitch underscore LaFon. Get your Mitch merch now at loudtracks.com slash Mitch.